Love your enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you. Good morning and welcome back to our continued look through the Sermon on the Mount, which is an intense course on how to live the Christian life trusting God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, open the eyes and ears of our understanding that we may hear, receive, and be transformed by your living word. May we receive it, be changed by it, and never be the same again. And may it all be to your glory and your honor. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Today we pick up in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. We'll read and cover verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen might say that Jesus takes the Ten Commandments. In this Sermon on the Mount, he takes the Ten Commandments and he goes to the heart of each of the commandments. What is God really looking for? Because God doesn't look at the outside of anything. He looks at the heart of all things, of all people. He wants our hearts to be committed to him, committed to, to him and just as Jesus said when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, well, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. And a second is like the greatest commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. That's found in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. And so he just takes the the simple words and tells the depth of what God is really calling us to because God is calling us to be Christ-like and to be Christ-like is to be loving at the very heart of all things. So he said, hey, you may have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I'm telling you, no, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Think about that in the present day context, how much conflict we have in the world, how much conflict we have in the United States and in local areas, in our own areas, and how powerful it would be if these who are opposed to one another, whether it be for political or eth ethnic reasons or financial or whatever it might be, that you could stand your ground on your beliefs, yet do it with love for those who are opposite you, that you would, instead of trying to criticize and put down, you would be praying. Well, that's what God is calling us to. That's why we should stand out in the world. He says they will know you by your love. When we can live a life of love, a life that focuses on following after Christ, because Christ didn't die for us because we were worthy. I'm not worthy of the least drop 
of the grace of God. And it says in Scripture that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, we were his enemies. We were his enemies spiritually because God is completely holy and we're completely sinful. Scripture says over and over, and we know in our own hearts that it's true, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory. We need to recognize that about our neighbors and our those that we like and those that we don't like. And, and our, quote, enemies, end quote, that they're just like us. They've fallen short. It's not that what they're doing is right. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you certainly don't think it's right because you've taken an opposite position. And if we're in Christ and we see something as wrong, then presumably we're being led by the Holy Spirit. But that's another discussion for another time. But regardless of what we see going on, we know that they are just like us. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So he says, don't, don't hate them, love them. Do good things for them and pray for them. We could do nothing better for them than to pray for other people. And why? I love it when he says, so that, so that, do this so that, in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. This is to be like God, is to love those who mistreat you. That's what Jesus did over and over. And in, in the final analysis, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, even though they knowingly nailed him to a cross. And they did it for reasons of their own pride and self-interest. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. In other words, God is not a God who shows favor. And he, he makes good things happen for all. When it rains, it doesn't just rain over the houses of those who are living right lives, but it rains on the just and the unjust, so to speak. And he says, look, here's a way to look at it. If you just love those who love you, what reward is there in that? That's just a natural human reaction. Nothing's good is going to come out of that. Nothing beyond the immediacy of that relationship. He said, you know, even the tax collectors, and that by that he means the sinners who were some of the most prominent in the, in the land in that culture. Uh, and he says, if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? He's saying you need to stand out in this world. You need to stand out because of your love. Your love for God and your love for your neighbor should distinguish you from the world around you. He says everybody does that, even the people that aren't Israelites at that time. He said not even the Gentiles, do not even the Gentiles do that. Then he says you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That is our standard. That is a standard that, that Jesus has set for us, and he's enabled that in us, but we don't trust him in it. We, we never give ourselves fully to Christ. We have, we're born again. We're believing in him, and we want to be all in, but we still have this selfish flesh bodies that we live in, and it keeps us from getting and doing all that we need to do. But our goal is not to be a little better than our neighbor. Our goal is perfection. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
Our Heavenly Father is perfectly perfect in all things at all times for all time. And that's the call upon our lives. Uh, we, we don't live on a curve. We live on the, the plumb line of the life of Jesus Christ, who was perfect in every way, loving in every way, who gave himself that we might have life. So we also must lay down our lives. We may have to literally lay down our life, but we have to lay down the self-centered, prideful way of living and love others, love our neighbors and love those that are our, quote, enemies, end quote, and pray for them and do good things for them because this is the path, this is the pattern that Jesus has given for you and for I, and our job is to follow hard after Jesus in all things, and none more so than in love. Uh, thank you for listening. I, I just want to close with this prayer. Father, I acknowledge that I am far from this ideal, and I know that we all fall short. Lord, help us to be this person you've called us to be. May we set aside ourselves empty ourselves of our selfish way of being and live Christ-centered, God-honoring lives before you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.